Psalm 88. A song, a psalm by the sons of Korah for the chief musician, to the tune of the suffering of affliction, a contemplation by Heman the Ezraite. Yahweh, God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before you. Let my prayer enter your presence, turn my ear, turn your ear to my cry. My soul is full of trouble. My life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like a man who has no help, set apart from the dead, set apart among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more. They are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have afflicted me with all your waves, sailor. You have taken my friends from me. You have made me an abomination to them. I am confined and I cannot escape. My eyes are dim from grief. I have called on you daily, Yahweh. I have spread out my hands to you. Do you show wonders to the dead? Do the departed spirits rise up to praise you? Sailor. Is your loving kindness declared in the grave or your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders made known in the dark or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? To you, Yahweh, I have cried. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Why do you reject my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I am afflicted and ready to die from my youth up. While I suffer your terrors, I am distracted. Your fierce wrath has gone over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They came around me like water all day long and completely engulfed me. You have put lover and friend far from me and my friends into the darkness. That's a very sad psalm. In fact, this was called the saddest of the psalms by Bert Kaufman. Not only by Bert Kaufman, by a modern commentator David Guzik called it the same thing, the saddest of all the psalms. In fact, quite a few commentators I read called this the saddest of all the psalms. We'll get to that in a second. This psalm was written by the sons of Korah, it said. I'll read you the, the title again. It said, A psalm by the sons of Korah for the chief musician, to the tune of the suffering of affliction, a contemplation by Heman the Ezraite. So this psalm was given a title. It said it was a psalm by the sons of Korah, but it said it was a psalm, a contemplation by Heman the Ezraite. So why is it ascribing it to two groups? Answer is very simple. Heman the Ezraite was a son of Korah. So the sons of Korah is like a group, like a band. You might say, you know, this song was written by the Newsboys. That's a Christian band in, uh, you know, at the time that I'm speaking. But then you might say, this song was written by, and you might specifically say the name of the person who wrote that song. Well, Heman the Ezraite was one of the sons of Korah. That's how that works. There's no uh, contradiction there. <laughs> Although, you know, there's people that like to find those contradictions so-called. Now, if you go look up Heman the Ezraite in the Bible, he's actually there uh, quite a few places. We find him first, first time in 1 Chronicles 6.13. He's someone that David appoints. We find, it, find out later in 1 Chronicles 25 that he actually had 14 sons and three daughters, 17 children. He was a, a family man with a big family and the entire family worshipped the Lord. That's very cool. Later on, we find him in 1 Kings chapter 4. He was still worshipping in the temple at the time of Solomon. 
and we find out that he is the grandson of the prophet Samuel. We went through the book of Samuel and we talked about the life of Samuel. One of Samuel's sons was Joel. One of Joel's sons was this guy, Heman the Ezraite. So we've got an interesting biblical character here, someone who loved the Lord, someone very involved in the life of the temple, someone who wrote this song, and it's a sad song, the saddest of all the Psalms. He says here in verse 1, Yahweh God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before you. This psalm is miserable. Every line is like this. I've cried day and night to you. In fact, this first verse is the most cheerful of all the verses because in this first verse, he actually refers to God as the God of my salvation. That's like the most positive thing that's said in the entire psalm. After that, it just gets worse. He says in verse 3, My soul is full of trouble. My life draws near to Sheol. Sheol, by the way, is the Old Testament word for the grave or kind of like, you know, basically when you're dead, you go to, to Hades, which is the New Testament word for the place of the dead. Sheol is the Old Testament word for the place of the dead. And um, he says here, my life draws near to Sheol. Basically, I'm nearly ready to go die. And then this idea of dying gets mentioned over and over and over all the way through the psalm ahead. In verse 8, he says, you've taken my friends from me. You've made me an abomination to them. I am confined and I cannot escape. Some people have tried to figure out what was his problem. Uh, there's really no good clue in this psalm about what was his problem. One of the commentators thought maybe he had obtained leprosy because they thought maybe with leprosy, he's sick, he's nearly going to die, all his friends are abandoning him, he's trapped, he can't get away from that. Um, but a lot of the commentators never seem to have thought of that. Um, it's not really possible to know what was his problem, except it was very bad. And uh, I kind of thought to myself when I was reading this psalm that it sounded like the things Job was saying in the book of Job. They were just so bad. And it sounds like a very personal problem. So it's, it doesn't sound like something that happened to the country and he got dragged into it too. You know, like David went through some terrible problems, but they kind of affected many people. But it sounds very personal. So we don't know what his problem was, but we know something terrible happened that personally affected him. And this psalm is a cry to the Lord. But he says in you know the later verses, Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you not answer me? And when we get to the very end of the psalm, the last verse, he says, you have taken my friends away from me. And that's it. That's the end of the psalm. There's no happy ending to the psalm. So we've got other psalms, like Psalms of David, way back in the early psalms, Psalms 3, 4, 5 in that area. There were some psalms where David was crying out to the Lord, like, where are you, God? What's going on? But then the psalms would finish out with, prom with you know, promise or hope, like, Lord, you have heard my prayer. Thank you that you're with me. And in those psalms, the circumstances hadn't necessarily changed, but David had prayed himself into a place of faith. This psalm does not come to that place. It just finishes kind of like depressed and sad and hopeless. And I thought to myself, why would you have a psalm like this in the Bible that's completely negative, 100% negative? Why would it even get included? And I think the answer is because sometimes people are in that place. Sometimes people pray and pray and pray and it feels like they haven't been rejected by God. 
it feels like God isn't going to listen. It feels like he shut them away. And that's a very real feeling for people. And the feeling that people have in that moment is, what's the point of even praying? I'm going to give up. And I think the psalm is in the Bible to show us, still pray the prayer anyway. Don't give up. If you're in that place where you think it's pointless to pray, God's rejected you, no, still pray that prayer. Because there are examples of this in the life of good people, like Heman the Ezraite. There are people who went through these struggles and yet they ended up living long lives, serving the Lord, had 17 kids. Here's a guy that knows what it's like to go through the valley of the shadow of death and come out the other side, even though we don't see the other side in the psalm, but we do know that that's what happened to him in his life. So if you get to a place where it's just hopeless, keep on praying and don't give up. So Lord, I ask that this psalm by Heman would be an encouragement. I ask, Lord, that we would learn that even when it feels completely pointless, that your grace would be with us, whether we feel it or not, I ask you to be with my listeners today in Jesus' name. Amen.